Good morning and welcome to the global live stream. I'm coming to you from the Everyman Studios in Southern California, and the only reason I bring that up is because in Southern California, uh, where we are, uh, we're very close to beach communities, and we love the beach, we enjoy the beach, and anytime if you're a Southern Californian, you're going to the beach, uh, you're in the water, uh, you gotta watch out for something called riptides. And, uh, and if you have lived here for any length of time, you've probably been, been caught up into one, and you've probably been told, uh, if you don't navigate a riptide the right way, the riptide will win and you will lose. Uh, and there's actually a, a way to be in a riptide but not get swallowed uh, by a riptide. And right now, uh, we're in what I would call a cultural riptide. Very powerful things happening around us. And if we don't, uh, if we don't know how to navigate it, as people of faith, as men of faith, women of faith. Um, the, the riptide's gonna win and the people of God lose, and that's not what any of us want. Um, so we don't often think about Jesus and his followers, his first followers, as being caught up in cultural tension or ethnic tension or religious division, but they were. And Jesus spoke into them and he was training them to be in the world, but not of the world. And you might have heard that term before. Uh, Jesus spoke about the disciples, and we're going to talk about it this morning, uh, how they are not of the world, but he wasn't going to take them out of the world. So how could he ask them to be in it, but not of it, when they were swimming in all of these issues and events and tensions, just like we are today. And so that's why we're starting this new series called Not Of It. We need essential biblical clarity or else we're going to be confused and we're going to be divided as God's people in the midst of it and we're going to be taken out and taken further away from the shores of unity and solutions and God's purposes. Because I think we all feel that uh, this has kind of overwhelmed us, the things that are happening around us. And if we're not careful, our identity can get hijacked, our energy can get hijacked, and our expression as Christ followers can be hijacked. So in part one of this series, here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about Jesus's declaration about his followers and their identity. Uh, secondly, we're gonna define what it means when he says that they're not of the world. We're gonna explore that word, that word, world, biblically, so we can have a clear picture of what we're not of. And then we're gonna look at some application and what not being of the world actually involves. So let's start uh, by Jesus's declaration, uh, with Jesus's declaration about us. And we find it in John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. And he says this to his disciples. Uh, it's their final conversation before he'll go to the cross. So important things are being discussed because he's leaving and they're staying. Jesus says this, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, and because of this, the world hates you. Now, what do we see in Jesus's words in one of his final 
most important conversations with the disciples as he's departing this world and they're staying in this world. Well, you see a declaration, right? You see a declaration. Um, it's, it's an identity statement. He's telling them who they are so they will know what to do after he leaves. He says, you are not of the world. So that's the first thing we see. We see a declaration of identity. Secondly, we see the theme of separation. Because of their identity, there needs to be separation and there's going to be a battle. There's an adversarial relationship because of their identity and their separation from the world uh, and, and Jesus wants them to know that, that there's going to be this, this natural uh, separation because of their identity. Third, we see his selection and intention. So we see a declaration of identity, separation because of identity. Then we see selection and intention. He says, guess what? I chose you out of the world. And because I've chosen you out of the world, and now you're controlled uh, by my influence versus the world influence, the world doesn't like that. The world wants to control your influence. And he's telling them, hey, don't take it personal uh, because they don't hate you, they, they hate me. See, behind um, Jesus's selection is an intention there for their energy and shaping their energy into a new expression that doesn't reflect the world. And so what I want us to do now, after we've looked at Jesus's declaration of identity, the separation that comes along with it, his selection and intention, is just to define what the word world means in the Bible. Because there's six or seven different meanings biblically when you see the word world, and we have to know what those are, and we have to know what specific definition Jesus is using here so we know how to operate. So in the Bible, the, the word for world is cosmos, all right? Uh, and, it, and it has a, a number of different meanings. Um, there is a neutral definition of cosmos, and there's a non-neutral definition of cosmos. Now, if you've downloaded the notes, you see cosmos and the neutral uh, definition. And the neutral definition is simply the ordered universe, right? That's the neutral definition of cosmos. It's just the created world, the created universe, um, the, the, the planetary system, the atmosphere. Um, that is cosmos. And we find that uh, used when uh, in John chapter one, when Jesus comes into the world. He's coming into the ordered universe from heaven, right? Now, there's a second use of the term, which is what Jesus is referring to here. And this is a non-neutral definition. And this definition is a little longer and I've condensed it into a simple statement. The, the non-neutral world is the active cultural system of values, priorities, beliefs, and behaviors that exclude God. Now I wanna say that one more time. The non-neutral definition of world, the definition Jesus is using here, it's the active cultural system of values, priorities, beliefs, and behaviors that exclude God, and I might add, are hostile to God. And so now if you, if you understand that that's the, the, the definition of world that Jesus is using with disciples, now it makes sense because he was talking about an adversarial identity, adversarial relationship, 
energy opposing forces. Now, there's a, an expression of cosmos in the spiritual realm uh, when it talks about world, and, and that definition is an active spirit permeating society. And that's germane, that's relevant for what we're talking about uh, this morning. There's an active spirit that it's not really talking about God, and sometimes it's hostile to God, that's permeating uh, society. And it's a very real, and it's a very active force, and it's influential. And if you're in it, you got to know how to operate in it. So now let's get to when Jesus says, we, believers in Christ, are not of the world. What that means, what he means, write this down, is that we're not controlled by what preoccupies the world. So if you see what the world, that system of values and priorities and beliefs and behaviors, when you see that system and what it's preoccupied with, self, man's agenda, politics, ways of being and believing and behaving that, are, that don't include God or might even be hostile to God. When Jesus says you're not of that, he's saying that you're not being controlled by what preoccupies that cultural system full of those influences. So that's a good context and some rails that we need to run on for this series. When Jesus says, hey, you and I, we're not of the world. We're not controlled by a godless cultural system. And that's where we're now getting into that riptide of being in something but not being controlled by it. And I think that's a real challenge right now because you have so many voices, so many expressions, so many uh, feelings of being compelled to take a position and to say things and speak things. And we have to remember that we're not of the world, but that God has a plan uh, for us to be not of the world. And now we're going to talk about what that involves. So if we're not of the world, then what does that involve? Right? Well, number one, it involves being of Christ. I want to make a note of that. Not being of the world involves being of Christ. We're just on a different team, which means we have a different playbook. We have different ways of being and believing and behaving in the midst of where we are located. Jesus, in John chapter 17, talks about uh, this uh, connection between us and the world and him. He says this, as he prays and talks to God, he says, I have revealed you to those you've given me out of the world. And so I just shared that verse because I want you to see the separation that G and the distinction that Jesus makes as he talks with the Father about me and you. And these are a group of people that were given to Christ by God sovereignly, and they have come out of this cultural system of values, priorities, beliefs, and behaviors that are godless, and they've come into a heavenly kingdom dimension that is God-filled. Um, you know, in this, this, this aspect of being of Christ, there's a tension when you're of Christ and not of the world because we're swimming in the world, and we can drift in the middle of ethnic tension and religious tension um, 
and political tension. In fact, it's not uncommon at all. When you read the Bible, you see the people of God drifting because they're soaking in this other system of, of beginning, they begin to attach to things not of Christ and of man. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you see the, the apostle Paul coaching believers to, to not get caught up in that cultural riptide. And, and in this context, it's about just human leaders and attaching to human leaders versus Christ. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, so then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. He says this, all are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. He's He's reshifting their focus off of human leaders and onto their leader. And isn't that the battle right now? I mean, you could get caught up in who's in the White House, what party controls Congress, who are the leaders of these various movements, what they're saying. And if, if those words of Paul just travel right down to us right now in this moment so well where we shouldn't really be boasting about any human leader because guess what? There's a leader that's over all those human leaders and we possess everything that we think they possess. They're not in control. Our leader's in control and his name is Christ. And so Paul reminds them, hey, listen, Christ is over that. All is yours. You are of Christ and Christ is of God and that should be our focus. Our focus should be on Christ right now in the middle of everything that is going on. That will clear up some of the confusion uh, and division uh, among us and we can come together uh, in Christ and focus on Christ. I just got a text this week uh, from one of my friends and uh, he's African-American and he's caught up in this in, in this this system right now that's going on and he's getting pulled and he's getting shifted. And he just told me about a wonderful conversation that he had uh, with, with a couple of white guys at, at the park. And uh, he said, Kenny, it was beautiful. And then he was talking about his relationships with Christians and how it, it shifted away from God onto politics and now they're divided. This little passage of scripture right here is so appropriate. So then no more boasting about human leaders all or all are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. So in my reply to him I'm like, "Hey, shift the focus back to Christ. Focus on him. Seek him. You know, do what you got to do. You know, turn off cable news, whatever you you have to do to get the focus back onto Christ and off of human leaders and that's that's an issue cuz believers can be more focused on human leaders than their leader. In Colossians chapter one, uh, it talks about this, this, this transition that we've, we've made uh, from one realm, uh, the world, which the Bible calls the domain of darkness, and into the world of Christ. It says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light Listen, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us 
to the kingdom of his beloved son. Now, when you, you talk about the kingdoms of the world, little k, and the kingdom of his beloved son, capital K, what are you talking about? You're talking about new king, new rule, new realm, new playbook, right? There's that idea of separation once again. We've come out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, and that, that, that kingdom has an agenda, and we're not supposed to blend the kingdom identity and the kingdom plan and the kingdom of agenda while we're in the world, the domain of darkness. So not of the world, what does that involve? It involves being of Christ. Secondly, uh, not of the world involves being of the word. So we have culture versus Christ and we have the word versus the world. Now, when you listen to Jesus talk about us, and talk about what's important uh, in navigating where we are. Uh, not being of the world, but being in it. Listen to him share what the key is. John 17, verses 14 to 17. He says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as not I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So do you see how not being of the world, but in being in the world, Jesus is saying, here's gonna be the key. Your word. Jesus gave the word directly, one-on-one, -on -one, to his disciples. Jesus, indirectly, through the disciples, has given us his word, right? The New Testament, the Bible, the Gospels, the pastoral epistles. And Jesus has a request of God. He's saying, sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. The word sanctify is a fancy religious word that just means to be set apart. See how this is so important? We're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. How do we stay set apart for God's purposes in, in the world? We have to be set apart by being people who are connected to the word. That above all other voices, above all other influence, above all other reference points in this cultural riptide, we need to be in the word, internalizing the word, letting it guide us and speak to us. Sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. So the key to being in the world but not of the world and set apart from the world is being of Christ and being of the word. It talks about this battle of the world conforming the follower of Christ to its pattern and the tension of staying set apart and operating in it in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 where it says this and it's an exhortation to believers and it's a prophetic word for you and I right now it says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And if you dial it back where if we're going to prove what the will of God is in this, in the midst of this cultural riptide, that which is good and acceptable and perfect and aligned with God right now, what needs to happen? Our mind needs to be renewed. How do we renew our mind? Well, the Bible says we renew our mind with truth. Remember what Jesus said, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So we need our minds renewed in the midst of this constantly, daily, moment by moment. This is the oxygen that we breathe right now. And if we do those two things, right? If we renew our mind and we wash it with God's word, we will not be conformed to the pattern of this world. You see, because there's a pattern right now that the world, the one that excludes God or is even hostile to God, there's a pattern of being and believing and behaving that if we're not soaking in the word while we occupy the world, we are going to shift, we're gonna be more influenced by the world more than the word. And so that's why in the midst of this time, uh, not being of the world involves being of Christ. Remember who you are so you know what to do. And then remember that not being of the world means being of the word. We are people of the word. Would you say that with me right now? I am a person of the word. Yeah, you're a person of the word. You're a person of Christ. You're a person of the word. And, and next, if we're not going to be uh, a part of the pattern of the world, third, we have to be of the spirit. Not of the world means being of Christ, of the word, and of the spirit. And you're going to see uh, the juxtaposition of being of Christ, it's Christ versus culture. Of the word, the word versus the world. Of the spirit of God versus, listen, the spirit of the world, the energy of the world, that, that drives the values of the world, that drives the beliefs of the world, that lead to the behaviors that are worldly and reflect worldliness. Just like there's a spirit of God, which is the active power of God, there is the spirit of the world. Listen to what the Bible says. In John chapter 16, Jesus knows that his men are going to be dropped into, in battle theaters, is known as a hot landing zone, all right? Earth, this world that we live in right now, it's a theater of battle. And listen to how he talks to the disciples. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll disclose it to you what is to come. He will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it uh, to you. You see, Jesus understands that earth is war that we are in the world, that we are not of the world, that we are in a hot landing zone, that there's, there's values and beliefs and priorities and behaviors that are hostile to God being shot uh, at us. And he's talking about how in war, what's critical is communications. In fact, you know, anytime war is prosecuted, 
Uh, the battle planners want to do one thing first. They want to wreck communications because if you can't communicate, you can't coordinate. If you can't coordinate, you can't fight well. And so Jesus is saying, hey guys, the Holy Spirit is your comms channel in the midst of war. It connects you to central command and discloses intelligence, direction, and you can't lose that. You know, C.S. Lewis said, enemy occupied territory, that is the world. And C.S. Lewis knew that, why? Because Jesus knew that. And C.S. Lewis knew Jesus, and Jesus told C.S. Lewis, hey, this is who you are, and this is what's gonna happen, and this is what you need in the, the midst of battle. Really important, uh, because we need that communication from the Holy Spirit, we need that direction from the Holy Spirit, we need that intelligence, and Jesus, in this, this, this final ready room meeting with the disciples, he's like, hey, the Holy Spirit, he's gonna guide you. The Holy Spirit is gonna speak to you. Uh, the Holy Spirit is going to disclose. The Holy Spirit, when he speaks and he discloses and, and, and talks to you, uh, that's gonna glorify me. And isn't that the challenge in the midst of this cultural moment and cultural riptide? Are we glorifying God? Well, you can't glorify God in this moment on earth unless you are connected to the Holy Spirit and hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying. Now, in the Bible, it talks about the, the Spirit of God versus the Spirit of the world in 1 Corinthians 2, and uh, we're gonna read that right now. It says this, what we believers have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Listen, so, we, so that we may understand what God has freely given us which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You see the dynamic going on there? The coaching of the Apostle Paul to the believers in Corinth is this. Hey, listen, when you received for yourself the person of Christ and the work of Christ, you also received the spirit of Christ. And the spirit of Christ is categorically different than the spirit of the world. The spirit of Christ is given to us so that we can understand the will of God, what God has given to us, and God gives us things through the Holy Spirit, thoughts, truths, promises, ways to be, ways to believe, ways to behave while we're on earth that then we're supposed to reproduce. You notice the language. It says that so that we may understand what God has freely given us, which things we also speak in words taught not by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. So do you see the connection? Here's you and I, we're on earth. 
We are in Christ. The Spirit of God is in us and we have a direct line of communication to God. God is disclosing his agenda, his plans, his purposes to the Spirit. The Spirit is downloading them to us and then we execute the plans of God on earth. And, but we have to have what the Bible calls that spiritual discernment. And we need to be connected to Christ. We need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And we need to be sensitive and connected to what is going on because we have to discern. So when you're swimming in a value system that excludes God or is even hostile to God, you have to have a tight, close connection to the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna say something to everybody that's watching me right now. Your whole relationship and expression of God hinges on your connection to the Holy Spirit. You say, Kenny, you know, I realize that the Bible says when I became a Christian, God's Spirit came to live in me. How do I know it's the Holy Spirit? How do I know that that thought is the one I'm supposed to act on? Well, you know it's the Holy Spirit speaking to your mind when that thought leads to an expression that reflects God's heart and shows love for God and love for people. See, there are a lot of expressions happening right now that do not reflect God's heart. They reflect the agendas of man or the agendas of political parties or the agendas of movements. And uh, there are a lot of expressions that aren't really showing love for God. They're showing love for ourselves. We're protecting things and protecting positions and protecting the things of the world at the exclusion of the heart of God and the priorities that we see in the word of God and people, just people. And we have to discern what is the voice of God and what is not the voice of God and could be the voice of the world. And God's heart is always for what will glorify him, what will unite his people, what will uh, bring him uh, more, what bring his kingdom forward more and show love for people. And we have to, those are spiritually appraised. And what's, what's great is that in the midst of all this, we can have the mind of Christ. You know, that's something that God wants his people to know right now. We don't need the spirit of the world or the, the thought pattern of the world. What we need right now is the mind of Christ. And that's something that we all need to ask God for. And I mean, we can even ask for it right now to say, Holy Spirit, please give me the mind of Christ so that I can be a man or woman of Christ in this moment. Holy Spirit, give me the mind of Christ so that I can be a man or woman of Christ in this moment. We need that discernment because if we are not operating in the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the world will take over and we will unwittingly be driving the wrong agenda. So, not of the world involves being of Christ, of the world, of the Spirit. And then lastly, uh, not being of the world involves being of heaven versus what? Of this world, right? And we see Jesus model this reality of being from and of heaven and this mindset this eternal mindset in the midst of earth. In response to Pilate's assertion of Jesus being a king, it's, it's a human leader uh, of a human government with 
the king of heaven. And Pilate says, so they say that you say you're a king. Bible says this in John chapter 18, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this, I have been born. And for this, listen, I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So what is Jesus saying as the king of heaven to an earthly king? He's like, right title, different realm. Right title, different agenda. Right person, wrong purpose. I'm not about your thing. I'm about my thing. And my thing is that I'm here to testify to the truth. That there is God, that God loves man, that there's a problem between man and God. I'm the solution, the way, the truth, and the life. And if you receive me as the son of God and you receive the work of God, you can now be a part of my kingdom and my realm and you'll live forever and your sins will be forgiven and you got a home in heaven. That's the truth that Jesus testified to. He didn't get caught up in the agendas of earthly governments at the expense of the kingdom agenda. He was focused, he was intentional, he came from heaven, he accomplished the work that God had given him to do while he was on earth and then he went back to his home. Let's dial this in really clearly. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, what Jesus models for you in this regard is meant for you. Earth is not your home. Earth is a battlefield. You are here for a short period of time. There's a work of God that he wants to do in and through you, but you are being uh, opposed by not the spirit of God, but the spirit of the world. And there's a recruiting war for control of your energy right now. And we have to be really dialed in right now, people of God. We're not of the world, we're of Christ, we're of God's word, we're of the spirit, and we're of heaven. Talks about this in Philippians chapter three and another place in the Bible. And it, it suggests that we need to remind each other uh, that we are of Christ and we're of the word and we're of the spirit. We need each other. We need to keep each other focused and that's what we're doing with this series. We gotta stay focused right now. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says to Philippians believers that are also caught up in cultural division in this time. He says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Way to go, Paul. He's an awesome spiritual coach. 
He's saying, hey, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. I realize there's division, but guess what? Keep your eyes on the people who are focused on heaven. Stick together. That's what we're doing in this global live stream during this time, through coronavirus, uh, through the George Floyd incident, and, and right now, and we're reminding ourselves through the clarity of God's word that we are a people of God, that we are of Christ, we're not of culture, that we're of the word, we're not of the world, that we, we have the spirit of God, not the spirit of the world, and we're of heaven versus this world. We belong to a different rule and realm, and we gotta stick with that agenda and we gotta to stay together. And when Paul says, and now I tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Unfortunately, as I have experienced uh, during these last uh, several weeks, I've seen Christians who are totally consumed, not by their identity in Christ, uh, not directed by the clarity and focus of God's word, not directed by the spirit of God, but by the spirit of the world. They're into human agendas. They're into political agendas from both parties. They're into statistics and facts and things that um, are true, but they're not God's agenda. And in the midst of it, their discernment has been polluted and their clarity has gone to cloudiness and they're not executing the purposes of God in the midst of it. Now, when you see Jesus operate on earth, there's a lot of things he doesn't get involved with so he can stay focused on what God has called him to be and what God has called him to do. And the same care and discernment that Jesus exercised as the man from heaven, we need to exercise as people of heaven. Our citizenship, our eternal passport is stamped with heaven. That is where we are from. That's the rule and realm we belong to. Heaven has a king, his name is Jesus. And like Jesus, we have a short window of time in the midst of all these circumstances and events to participate in God's plan moving forward in the world because God is using this. God is using this to spark conversations. God is using us to connect with people we've never connected with before. And instead of being mastered by the world, God's people need to be using the events that are happening in the world and using it to serve God's purposes. So during this time, maybe you're having some new conversations. Great, use those conversations for God's purposes. Right? Maybe you're being challenged to have more compassion. Great, use the circumstance for God's purposes to resurrect a new compassion in you where you see people different and you go to people who might feel lonely in these circumstances as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And that's where I really wanna to close today's study because we have to see who we are. We're, we're of Christ, we're of the word, we're of the spirit and we're of heaven. And the Bible takes it even one step further, he says, we're ambassadors. You know, an ambassador, you know, represents a rule and a realm and a king and a country uh, while he's in another country. Listen to what Paul says to the Corinthians as they're in the world and he's trying to help them not be of the world. He says, so we, God's people in the midst of earth, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. 
Man, what great marching orders for the people of God right now, caught in a cultural riptide. Guess what? We're in it, but we're not panicked. Why? Because we are, we are of Christ. We're not of the world. We got the word. Jesus said, sanctify them, set them apart with truth. Your word is truth. This is the key to our success. This, the word of God is the reference point for all our actions and for people who are participating in the kingdom of God right now. We are of the spirit. We have the spirit of Christ, not the spirit of the world. The spirit of Christ is speaking to us and influencing us and, and telling us what to do and giving us the right guidance and direction. We're people of heaven, not people of this world. We have a limited time, an unknown ending, and a scheduled meeting with Jesus. And we have to steward this hour of time on earth because God's on the move. God's moving. God is creating conversations, using these circumstances, and we see God using these circumstances to execute his kingdom plan. Why? Because he loves people. He loves people and we're his ambassadors. And God is, is intending to make his kingdom appeal of heaven through us operating in the world. So God has, has spoken to us. And I think the, the big word from the Lord for all of us is that we're in a battle. We're in enemy occupied territory. That's the mindset that we need to have. And in enemy occupied territory, the world, we gotta have our identity straight. We gotta have our minds straight, informed by the right intel in enemy occupied territory. We have to have the right communications with the Spirit of God. And we have to realize our role, that we are here on mission. Say that with me, on mission. You're here and you're on mission. And instead of the world mastering the people of God, the people of God master the events of the world to prepare for eternity, to serve other people, to use every situation we're in to show love for God and people, and to ambassador the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? When you're on earth, your mind needs to be set. That's why it talks about in Colossians chapter three, uh, since then you've been raised with Christ, right? We're part of this realm. Keep seeking the, the things above. Set your mind on things above. Our mind needs to be set on who we are, what our reference point is, what our communications channel is, and who we represent. Why? Uh, because that is God's purpose for us right now. So refocus, reset, and recommit to not being of the world by being of Christ, of the Word, of the Spirit, and of heaven. Let's pray together. God, thank you for um, this great ready room meeting where we can pull out of battle. We can hear from our king and our field commander, and he can give us the proper direction for how to operate in the world 
and not become of it. Lord, I, I pray for every person listening to the sound of my voice. God, I pray that you would reset them right now through your spirit. Tell them who they are. Lord, help them to be people of your word, seeking your word, hungering for your word, going to your word, Lord. Help them to be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, fill us. Talk to us. Open doors for us. Help, help us to see the kingdom mission in this theater of battle. And then, Lord, help us to be proper, intentional, and directed ambassadors. Hearing from you and speaking for you and representing you in a way that reflects your word and your way, Jesus. God, thank you uh, for this time. Thank you for this hour. We even thank you for these events because you have called us not to have them master us or confuse us, but you've called us to take advantage of the opportunities within them as the people of God. And thank you for your clarity through Christ and his declaration about our identity and how we are separate from the world. Thank you for that. We praise you. And we ask for all of these things in the name of our ruler who rules over the kingdom of God, Jesus. We ask it in his name and God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.